guys, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Paint the Town Dead, and I am one half of your host, Caitlin. I'm also one half of the hosts. And together, we make one complete host. Yes. Also, my name's Andrew. Oh, hey. How's it going? Oh, it's good. I didn't I didn't say it a second ago, so I figured I'd, I'd do it now. Hi, nice to meet you. How's it going? Uh, it's fine. Yeah? I guess. School started back. Yeah. We're rocking that, that stuff. Rocking it is... Is a strong term. <laughs> I mean, how well can one rock school anyway? More than I'm going to, I bet. Well, I'm proud of you for doing it. <laughs> you shouldn't be. <laughs> Your pride At is some misplaced. Point. I find your lack of faith it, disturbing. Th- in fact, this actually reminds me of when I used to play baseball. Yeah. And uh, this is one of the things I always found annoying. So... I think I've told you before, like baseball, basically a really good hitting, being really good yeah. at hitting is 300, yep. which is 30%. And that's like really good. That's, that's so like, crazy. Yeah. That's like, hey, you're you're rocking it. And I always hated in baseball when teammates would try to be encouraging to me because it'd be like, you know, swing and strike out and you get to the dugout and they're like, hey, that, was, that was a good cut though. That was a good cut. It's like, obviously it wasn't because I didn't hit the ball. <laughs> Yeah, but I have a, yeah. I, I like going to, I think we talked about this, like going to one or two, maybe two baseball games when baseball season starts up, like going to like a tra- Travs, Arkansas Travelers game and just, you know, getting in the atmosphere, get you ready for summer. And then I'm good. I filled my quota. Yeah, basically. Well, I'd say minor league baseball is the best form of baseball because, Why? Why? You, because you go there when the weather's nice. Yeah. You, you hang out with some friends. Yeah. You buy the biggest, cheapest beer possible. Yep. And get a hot if, dog or if, something. Yeah. And if your team loses, they're minor league baseball. I don't care. <laughs> if the if the if the prospects for the Mariners lose to the prospects for the Oakland A's, guess what? I live in I live in Arkansas. I'm not a fan of either team. We don't. I we do don't not have care. A, we don't have any major league stuff in Arkansas, do we? No. Closest we've got is the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. That's that's about, an, that's, that's about yeah. yeah. That's just right across the border. That's about an hour from where where Andrew and I went to college. Like the first, not even an hour. Yeah, like forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first time around, I think was that the first time around that we both went to college. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I like Memphis. Hey, state. <laughs> Get your wolves up. Hashtag pack pride. No, we're not going to put that. Hashtag hallelujah you weren't you the last class of indians uh yeah last freshman class last freshman class yeah and then i came in the next year and i was the first freshman class of red wolves yes so good little mix there a little nostalgia a little throwback a little what is that called uh, vintage it's vintage i skipped class to go to the logo unveiling that's not surprising to be quite honest yeah <laughs> I don't remember if I passed that class or not. What class was it? I don't remember. <laughs> Probably not. Then. <laughs> uh, I think I did not. I think whatever it was, I finished up when I went to BB. Hey, you know what? It's okay. We've already talked about my my journey to get where I'm at. And oh man, I can't wait for that day yeah. to get that diploma. Feels like your journey has an end point though. Yeah. Well, yours technically does too. We just don't. It's just a crash and burn <laughs> explosion. <laughs> mine's a is that, mine's is that a what gen- you mean mine's a it's been some turbulence but it's gonna be a gentle landing yours just gonna yeah see mine no it's not mine that, wasn't that was a turbulence it's uh the, the engines are shutting off 
a no, wing, no a plane. Wing, a wing has fallen off. Yeah, there's a gremlin out there, <laughs> and I'm William Shatner staring at it, and oh nobody God. believes me. Oh, and it's about and to come crashing down. Twilight Zone, I yes. get your reference. Whereas, like yours is turbulence. There's, I believe, there's never been a plane fall out of the sky due to turbulence. So. Is that a fact? I'm pretty sure that's a fact. You're about to Google it, aren't you? Let me tell you about the most terrifying plane experience I had, okay? So I went to Ireland, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. Went to Ireland. It was awesome. Highly recommend that wonderful, wonderful country. Uh, but the, the flight there, fine. Great. It was perfect. Eight hours. Had a little Xanax on board. I was fine. The flight back, not so great. Child screaming. The probably six out of the eight hours behind me and it was awful and the xanax just wasn't working as well as it did the first flight oh and then we hit like a pocket and the plane just went from like normal flight normal just going along and it dropped hundreds of feet and my stomach came up into my throat and i was like oh my god this is it this is how we're gonna die i'm dying in a plane today's the today's the day i die and then it just kept having bad turbulence for about 20 minutes or so finally the captain got on and was like hey guys we're uh we're experiencing a little turbulence here i was like that is not a little turbulence that was terrifying why did you not get on the speaker 20 minutes ago he's like i've been through worse and i was like i haven't that was awful i was like any moment now the oxygen mask are gonna fall out of the thing and i'm gonna be just oh my gosh i was gripping death grip on the seat it was terrible Tell me what you found. I okay, see your face. so uh, it would appear that modern day aircraft do not have this issue, but there were some early aircraft because they weren't totally sure how to deal with stuff. Right. Modern day aircraft are built to withstand basically any turbulence, cool. and a lot of the issues caused by major turbulence were caused by running into storms. And oh, yeah, modern yeah. aircraft have like radar and all this stuff, so they can just avoid that if it's going to be. Can potentially they like bad. go above the storms? Uh I don't know how all that probably works. Probably not. Your, your average aircraft probably can't. But if you're flying mm. like a, fancy, a military yeah, surveillance craft. You, they can withstand all the... You can do cool stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. A couple, couple housekeeping things we need to talk about. Uh, we, it has, we have concluded. I have concluded. I don't know if Andrew was involved in this conclusion. It is Falk. I last... Literally everybody I know that's lived in Arkansas... For the majority or all of their lives, and the consensus was Falk. Yeah, I, st- I started to do research. I found something that was like about a high school game. Oh, yeah? And they said Falk. So I was, like, okay. I was like, that's maybe that's right then. Yeah, I don't know. okay. So there is, we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute. Um, let's see. Hopefully Falk is correct because I'm pretty sure we're going to say it multiple times in this episode. Falk? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll say it a couple, um, which is why we talked about it last week. Also, found a little bit, you know how we were talking last week about um, sewage, uh, what, yeah, septic, septic tanks. Septic tanks. Uh, my, my hairdresser, she listens to our podcast. Hey, Leah, thank you. Uh, she she lives kind of out in the country. You know, I said my parents ha- kind of live out in the country and have a septic tank. Yeah. She as well has a septic tank. And then she said she started to get worried listening to our podcast. I was like, am I supposed to be getting this pumped? And so here's here's what she found out. She said we're both kind of correct because like the what it is, a septic tank is buried under the ground, like pretty deep under the ground. And it's quite large and it has these like 
pipes, a couple pipes coming off of it. And essentially the sewage just kind of like seeps into the ground underneath the ground. Cool. And that's, that's it. But if something clogs up those pipes, then it will back up and you do have to dig up and get into the septic tank and get it pumped out. So we were both kind of right. Okay. So, and that's why I think as awful as it is going to talk about last week, Bridget Sellers, her awful murder and her uncle that, that did it. You, they said they found, you said they found small bones. Generally small bones. Yes. But the conclusion they said was that they believe he went out and opened like the lid to it. But you have to dig like feet, feet. There's not just like a lid. It's feet and feet and feet under the ground. Like it's so far under the ground. Well, maybe his wasn't that far under the ground if it was. Well, he didn't do it right. I bet it was stanky. If they were able to get into it so easily too. Well, they probably had to dig up uh, some backhoes and stuff. Because somebody was like, it's in the septic tank. But my, I bet I bet what happened was that the small bones that could be flushed, like finger, unfortunately, fingers and things like that, he flushed them down the toilet, which is disgusting and awful. Don't condone it. It's disgusting. And I bet the large bones that could not fit down the toilet or down a drain of some sort, I bet that they were burned somewhere on the property and or crushed because he lived on a farm or something, didn't he? Uh, or he lived in a, like, it was like fairly isolated. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a septic tank, it's fairly isolated. So. Yeah. I think that's typically true. Yeah. So anyway, that we're both right. That's the, that's the takeaway from that. All right. So a little bit of, a little bit of dropping a little knowledge, a little, little, little Arkansas and septic tank knowledge to start off with. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody had to know. It, and it wasn't really me. It wasn't me. So thanks, people, for doing the research for us. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Andrew, do you want uh, to talk about this week's episode? Yes. Mostly I want you to talk about it, though. Okay. I will talk about this week's episode. This week is episode 25, and we're kind of going in a different direction here. This week, we are going to talk about the Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, uh, which is a very deceptive name, by the way. Uh, and also a friend of mine at work says it's who, who is from West Northwest Arkansas. He's lived in both areas, Northwest and West Arkansas. He says it's pronounced Alamo. He said he's heard it, heard it Alamo, but since it's spelled A-L-A-M-O, like the Alamo, I'm going to go with that until I hear differently. And also Tony Alamo just sounds really cool. cool. That is a good name. Tony Alamo. Good job. Yeah. But Th- that's maybe really. the only thing I praise that's, him for. That's we'll the only see. good thing. That's that's it. That's <laughs> but, the only good thing. But that's a good name. Yeah. So, anyways, Tony Alamo, Alamo, however it's pronounced, we're going to talk about that. And there's actually um, an episode of I Survive, season three, episode nineteen of I Survive, which is a just a totally crazy show. Jennifer Shewitt was on that show, um, which we talked about a few episodes back. Uh, anyways, you'll you'll understand when I finish it, why there was a woman featured on that show that I, was a part of I this. think they should change the name of that show. What? They should change it to, Did I Survive? Because I survived. Well, now I know what happens. <laughs> but, Spoilers. But, but it's a crazy journey. I mean, you have to admit, like Jennifer's story, crazy journey getting to that point. It is, but how yeah. much crazier would it have been if you watched it and you were like, I didn't know she was going to survive. Like, the, well, I mean, yeah. That's pretty crazy. You're right. Yeah. Well, but anyways, if, if I were to watch the show now or even before I we did that episode, I would just be like, well, obviously she's going to live because. But wait, that's whoa. good. You, you're going into the show with a with a positive spin. Whereas like 
if you're watching like forensic files cold case files or something like that dateline it's like is there gonna be a good spin to this whereas you're going Usually i survived no. where yeah i survived it's like there's gonna be a good spin to this there, it's terrible. Most of the things are terrible, but at least there's a good spin to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's continue. So the whole reason we asked about Falk last week is because we're going to talk a little bit about it this week. So when we hear about Falk, uh, some of us from Arkansas might think of this urban legend that's based out of Falk, and it's about the Falk monster or the, what else was the other name for it? The like Boggy Creek that's monster. It. The Boggy Creek monster. That's it. Um, so I, uh, anyways, it's a urban legend about a. It's basically Arkansas's uh, boogeyman or it's a, it's basically a Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, so this week, you know, we talked about that monster coming out of Falk, but this week we're going to talk about a different monster of that came out of Falk. This week we're going to talk about Tony Alamo and the Tony Alamo Christian Ministries. Cold. Just going to preface that. <laughs> okay, so the beginnings of this um, and a note here. Some of the stuff about Tony Alamo's beginnings come from Tony Alamo himself. And any cult leader, you have to take what they say about their biography, their autobiography, with a grain of salt. Um, I mean, I mean, you just, it, a lot of it is very puffed up and just not true. So take, take some of this with a grain of salt. Uh, anyway, Tony Alamo was born into a Jewish family on September 20th, 1934, as Bernie Lazar Hoffman in Joplin, Missouri. His father was a Jewish immigrant from Romania who Tony claimed was a dance instructor for Rudolph Valentino. I did not know who Rudolph Valentino was. I had to look it up. He was a very, very famous actor back in the day who was adept, very good at dancing um, and was kind of known as the Latin lover. Um, That's where that name came from in Hollywood was, was because of this guy. So... Whether or not he really was a dance instructor for this super famous guy, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but Hoffman found his way to L.A. in the 1960s, claiming to be a music promoter. He would perform as a Hollywood pop singer under the pseudonyms Mark Hoffman or Marcus. I don't know if it's Abad, Abad, Abed. I don't know what he was trying to go for there. So I don't know. But as a producer, he claimed that he recorded a hit record single in the early 1960s called Little Yankee Girl, and that he was asked to manage musical acts, including the Beatles, the Doors, and the Rolling Stones. Again, take that with a grain of salt, because that's from Tony Allen himself. Yeah, no, that sounds real. I agree. So now we're going to talk about another lady. Edith Opal Horn was a twice-married single mother of one daughter from Alma, which we talked about in the Morgan Nick episode, from Alma, Arkansas, and she made her way to Hollywood in the early 1960s in in an attempt to become an actress. She, too, was from a Jewish family, but she eventually converted to Christianity, becoming a, quote, traveling evangelist. Uh, With her lack of success as an actress, though, Horn would scam churches out of funds by saying she was a poor missionary. So, Real nice there. And this was kind of right before she met Mr. Bernie Hoffman. And just as a note, she was nine years his senior, which is interesting. Um, I couldn't find like concrete information, but I'm almost certain that both of them were married to other people when they met and both divorced their respective spouses to be together, which is just totally disgusting. But whatever. Always, always good people who do that. Always just the greatest people. So after Hoffman served some time in jail on a weapons charge, good guy, 
The couple married in 1966 in Las Vegas, after which they both changed their names. The duo dubbed themselves Tony and Susan Alamo. So, don't know where he got the name from, but cool. Maybe he had been to San Antonio recently. Oh my gosh. Is that where the Alamo is? Yeah. I didn't. Antonio. Tony. Alamo. <gasps> yeah. Did you? Saint Tony. Ew. Because Sa- San Antonio. That's Saint well, where did Antonio. Susan come from? <laughs> you got to come up with a different. <laughs> she just liked the way it sounded. San is in Suzanne. You're, Susan. Did we just bust this? I Maybe. Oh, wow. Also, what? just real quick. The Alamo. Uh-huh. Uh Going to visit it, it's kind of lame. Why? It's just kind of like a museum, museum type museums. thing. I love museums. What's just not lame very good. about that? I forget the name of it. I have to ask my dad. Yeah. Um, but there's like, there are other missions because Al- the Alamo yeah. was a mission. And right, right. There are like other ones like you can go to that are more like preserved as they were historically, and that's like way more interesting than what the Alamo is. Gotcha. It's kind of like some of the fa- like going to Blarney Castle in in Ireland, like. I mean, it was really cool. Don't get me wrong. And the gardens there were incredible. I mean, and it was a fairly well-preserved castle that you could go into, but there are other better preserved ones. And kissing the Blarney Stone, I waited like an hour and a half to do that. And it was just kind of like... And that's how you get coronavirus. <laughs> no, they would they had a sanitizing cloth that they would wipe off in between people. I guess. But whether or not it actually did anything, who knows. But but yeah, the, the Alamo... It's, it's kind of a. It's kind of yeah. not as interesting as that other place, whatever it's called. I need to figure that out. Yeah, but hey, at least you got to say you've been there and seen that historic thing, right? Yeah, I've seen both the Alamo and a real good one. Oh, cool! There you the, go. Which the Alamo was really disappointing because I was obsessed with the Alamo as a kid. Really? And Davy Crockett. Oh, yeah. That's so cute. Oh, yeah. baby Andrew. Yeah. Okay, let's. This isn't about you. Shut up. That's right. This is about Tony. Saint Tony Alamo. Saint Tony and Susan Alamo. Alamo. Susan. Antonio <laughs> Alamo. Okay, shut up. Okay. So, per Tony, this is kind of how the Christian ministry started. Per Tony, he was in a meeting at a Beverly Hills investment firm when Jesus came to him and told him to preach the second coming of Christ. And at this point, he said he was still Jewish. And then that's, he had a radical, like, epiphany at that, that point, And he switched to Christianity. So who knows? With this revelation, Susan and Tony founded the Music Square Church and began a Hollywood street ministry, passing out religious tracts and focusing their preaching to sex workers, drug addicts, and alcoholics. And um, their ministry was a part of the Jesus People movement of the 1960s and 70s, which a lot of cults were birthed from that movement. And it was part of the counterculture of people proclaiming spiritual transformation and an allegiance to Jesus. And yeah, like like I said, a lot of cults came from this. It was a big deal. As we, if you know anything about cults or heard anything about it, then a lot of them came from here. So to recruit new members, young members, which is, this is a classic technique that a lot of cults use at the time. To recruit new members, young members would go on the streets inviting people to church evening services in Agua Dulce, which is an area about 45 miles outside of LA. And the people that were there would be given free meals and many would stay to become lay members because there was like a Bible service with the meals and stuff like that. So they, they would just stay. And that was offering a free meal and having that sense of community was classic technique of, of getting people into the cult. So, and other cults as well. The theology for the group was a combination of Protestant and Pentecostal, again, very loosely based on these. So it included, quote, virulent paranoia, 
extreme anti-Catholicism, and they claimed the Vatican was the real power behind the White House, the UN, and the media. They accepted only the King James Version of the Bible. Members had a strict moral code which condemned and prohibited drugs, homosexuality, adultery, birth control, and abortion. Tony claimed that UFOs were divine messengers from heaven and a sign of the end times. Oh, yeah. He also believed that girls, girls, not women, girls, were fit for marriage and that, quote, consent is puberty. Direct quote from Tony Alamo, ladies and gentlemen. It seems like a lot of cults are yes. into that. Yes. I wonder if they're um, related to the children of God at all. Which one was right that? I think they were based in California, um, but they were all about like kids getting married yeah. and stuff. A, One of the a lot of cults. I'm telling you, a, a lot of cults from this Jesus movement were had basically the same ideology. Like, yeah, and I won't get too far into talking about this other group because mm-hmm. then we'll. I, I have too many things to say because it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, but like. They, they were based in California as uh-huh. well, I believe, and one of the original members of Fleetwood Mac joined up with them. What? And they made music videos, and some of them are kind of good sounding. What? Maybe I'll show you some later, but like, if you look up, like, uh, there's a song called SOS, which I found through a YouTube show where they found that on accident, but yeah, it's, it's really weird, but it sounds, some of it sounds kind of similar. Also, interesting that... They're all about the uh, the Catholics running everything. Yeah. Because usually these weird cults and groups, it's the Jews are running everything. Yeah. Which was kind of, I guess he probably didn't blame all the Jews because he was Jewish. Oh, that's true. And Susan was Jewish as well. And so I don't know if they came from a um, genetically Jewish family or if they were just uh, well, like, what, what's the word I'm trying to say? Like just a part of the church, part of the whatever Jewish church or whatever. Like. Where if they were ethnic Jews right. or religious Jews, I know that they were religious Jews, but I don't know if they're ethnic Jews as okay. well. Um, but they—that's probably why they didn't blame it on Jewish people, because they were a part of they are a part of that basically. That makes sense. So, and then it's kind of you know when I don't want to talk about history and stuff, but too much. But like you know, Hitler kind of like promoted like Christianity, bad Christianity, but Christianity and. Catholic Christianity strict and so you know anti-Jewish and so he's probably like yeah well Catholics suck so it could be I don't know I don't know this is just all speculation I know nothing anyway um anyway so consent is puberty disgusting so communal living was pretty much a must of the group go figure with this many new buildings and businesses were bought up in Salgus which is where the where that um Dolce, uh, Agua Dolce was. So in Saugus, so you know where this is going with all these buildings being bought up and businesses? A compound was formed. <laughs> so members lived there and worked at businesses owned by Tony. And with this, Tony, Tony basically had free labor, especially since his members had to take a vow of poverty, pretty much giving away all their materials and giving Tony all their money. Like it was, it was so bad that while the empire seemed to be outwardly growing, some members had to scavenge for food in dumpsters and were told they could only flush the toilet every third day. But hey, for giving up all your material goods, Papa Tony would take care of your young ones and provide them a free indoctrinated education all the way through high school. So thanks, Papa. I feel like waiting three days is a is a disgusting. problem. Disgusting, disgusting. Not just disgusting, but like, you know... If you had to have multiple issues, yeah. (laughs) 
And that's going to make it worse than if you had just flushed it every time, I feel like. Well, it, he was, anyway, and he would like choose who could marry who and who got more food than who and who got the better, that kind of thing. Very culty type stuff. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Okay, so in 1975, with their profits and empire expanding, the Alamos purchased land in Dyer, Arkansas, which is about 10 or 15 minutes from uh, from Alma. So it's in like what northwest-ish Arkansas. And this is where the main branch of the Music Square Church was set up. Later, it would be dubbed the Holy Alamo Christian Church Consecrated and then it would become the Tony Alamo Christian Ministries. And there's some legal legalities that happened that initiated the name changes, but it, it was very confusing. So just know that. Okay. So Tony spread his tentacles into nearby Alma and ended up owning 29 businesses in the town, which is not a big town. So some of these businesses included grocery stores, clothing stores, Western wear stores, a school, and a drug rehab, which is very weird. And again, these places were staffed with members who were essentially poverty stricken and working for free, which I don't know, kind of sounds like slavery to me. (laughs) Um, But anyway, interestingly, this is an interesting fact. One of the business endeavors that they undertook was decorating and altering denim jackets and airbrushing them with bright, colorful designs. And many celebrities were seen wearing these jackets, including Michael Jackson, who can be seen wearing one on the cover of his bad album and i looked it up and i was like wow that's weird it it's pretty blinged out yeah that is weird and also i wonder how much he knew about who they were i don't know i know elvis elvis had uh one of these jackets as well so i don't know maybe maybe tony was more connected than we thought well you know he did he was in la you know yeah so i really don't know though i just i just wonder with you know, considering what we know now about but, Michael Jackson, yeah, what did he did he know more about what this group was about, or was it just coincidence? It it would it I I don't know. Speculation and reasoning, you know, might lead you to believe that he probably knew more. Michael did because well, we'll talk about it. But also, Tony had one of Nashville's largest country and western clothing store, Nashville, Tennessee, because there's a Nashville, Arkansas. With his continued success, Tony opened new branches in Nashville, Chicago, Brooklyn, and Miami Beach. So he went to all the cool places. So amidst the growing empire, tragedy would strike the Alamos. Susan was diagnosed with breast cancer and died April 8th of 1982 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this sent, Tony was already kind of in a bit of hot water at this point. But this event sent Tony into a spiral downwards. And he was, like I said, he was already treading a a, a heavy path. But it got way worse. So Tony had this very strange belief that Susan would rise from the dead. So he kept her embalmed body on display for six months after her death at his Arkansas compound in Dyer in her wedding dress. And this was like in full view of members and everything. And they would constantly pray over her and her body and just this weird belief that she was gonna rise again and that was freaking creepy so after six months and with some like legal action pending against him he finally placed her body um, in a mausoleum near their heart-shaped pool on the compound so you know 
it's pretty cool. In February 1991, Tony ordered his followers to vacate the compound before a federal raid and to take Susan's body with him. So they smashed the mausoleum and took her body with them, her casket. In 1995, a couple years later, a judge ordered Tony to return Susan's body after her estranged daughter filed suit. And so on July 3rd, 23rd, 1998, after three years of legal battling, Tony and his followers finally brought Susan back to a funeral home in Crawford County, which is the same as Alma and Dyer. And like, he just like dropped her body off in the casket outside the front door at night. Like it was weird. So Susan's daughter received her body and reentered her mother about a month later in Tulsa. So there, there goes Susan. Um, we're going to kind of go back and forth in time a little bit. So okay. Um, first of all, can yes. I, I don't know if this is going to be a spoiler for Tell later. Tell me. Is Tony on drugs? I, not that I know of. They okay. didn't say anything about drugs. J- just want to ask because a lot of times these I cult leaders, because yes. they're having to do so much, yes. they are hopped up on amphetamines it, all the time. It wouldn't surprise me if he was, but I also think he was just incredibly mentally unstable. Okay. Yeah. And I assume, hmm. Do you know of any, did they have like, so he was talking about second coming of Christ and all that. Yeah. Um, was part of it that him and Susan would be there for that, I guess? I don't, I don't ever say anything about that in the research I came to. Now there is a documentary. I can't remember the name of it. There is a documentary um, that was on the Sundance channel that goes pretty far in depth into this. Um, okay. I, I can't remember the name of it, but I know it was on the Sundance channel. Um, so they may talk more about that in there, but. Okay, I was just wondering, because I can't think of the name of it. There was another cult where, like, one of the people died, and... That was Heaven's Gate. Okay, yeah, and it was like, that wasn't supposed to happen based yeah. on everything we were saying. Yep. So we have to, like, re- reshuffle everything. It's, it's so funny, because when I... My friend that said it was called Alamo, <laughs> yeah. Tony Alamo, we were talking about this. He said it was Heaven's Gate. <laughs> But we did talk about uh, Heaven's Gate a little bit and how that's exactly what I compared it to because I was like, it's like Tony didn't, you know, plan for, you know, death. And so, you know, Susan died and it's just like he spiraled. And that's the same thing. Uh, Apple, Apple White. Uh, yeah. Something Apple White. Yeah. Is it Major Apple White? No. No. That's, a, that's a football coach. <laughs> no, it's not him. But he, he was the co-leader of Heaven's Gate and the other leader was a woman they were like best friends and and they weren't lovers because they were all the members were essentially asexual um but he looked up to her she was really the leader of it all and then she got cancer and just basically didn't treat it and said it would go away and you know that kind of you know stuff and oh she died of cancer and so he just spiraled he lost control so Oh, Haley Bop's Comet's coming. There's a there's a spaceship behind it's going to take us. Let's all commit suicide. So that's what happened there. Very sad. There's a whole do- there's a whole podcast on it that's actually really good. There's a lot of stuff on, it's on called, that one. It's called Heaven's Gate, and it's yeah. really good. Okay, shut up. So we're going back in time a little bit. We're going back tonight. So I wanted to get kind of Susan's story out there. So that's Susan's story. So that went from 1966 when they met, got married all the way up until 1998 when she was reinterred uh, by her daughter. So she died in 1982. Okay, so we're going back to 1976 when Tony's, a lot of Tony's real legal woes began. So he'd already been arrested and jailed in 1966 on weapons charges. Ten years later, 1976, 
Tony found himself in hot water when the U.S. Department of Labor charged him with violations of the Fair Labor Standard Act, which is like, go figure. And I put in my notes, it seems as if not paying some of your employees and then barely compensating others will lead to some upset people. So, you know, basically forced slavery <clears throat> might lead to some upset people. I guess all slavery is forced, huh? Anyway, he filed a suit and an appeal with the U.S. Supreme Court and lost both in 1985, which was the same year the IRS retroactively revoked the tax-exempt status for his church from 1977 to 1980. So that means they had to pay back the taxes from those years. Um, so Tony's attorney kept the issue in the courts from 85 to 92, stating that many of his church-owned enterprises were actually churches in disguise and thus exempt from the income tax, which is like, no. Imagine if they had won that one, though. Every to- single business would be a church in disguise now. Yeah, right? Like, no, really, I pass out pamphlets. I'm a church. <clears throat> so, however, old uh, special trial judge Larry L., I don't know how to say this name. I don't know if it's Namoroff or Namroff. I would guess Namoroff. Okay, we'll go with that. Namoroff. He ruled that the organization was essentially, quote, operated for Tony's and Susan's private benefit. The courts then see some of the property for auction to collect owed funds. And I just, <laughs> I saw this quote and I just had to include it because it was like such a sick burn. So MSC, which is the Music Square Church, was so closely operated and controlled by and for the benefit of Tony Alamo that it enjoyed no substantive, 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 Stub- substantive, okay, uh, independent existence. That MSC was formed and operated by Tony Alamo for the principal purpose of willfully attempting to defeat or evade federal income tax, and that MSC was inseparable from Tony Alamo and failed to operate for exclusively charitable purposes. So it was like, yeah, you people suck. (laughs) You have to pay your taxes. So on June 8th, 1994, Tony Alamo was convicted on one charge of filing a false income tax return and three charges of just failing to file a tax return at all. And during this trial, it came to light that the church had a total income of $9 million during the three years when he did not pay taxes. So he basically wasn't paying any his employees and he still was profiting $9 million, which is disgusting. The, that's not a church. That's that's not a church. The investigation also showed that he owed an additional $5 million to the workers he didn't pay uh, or basically didn't pay. So... Because of these blows, Tony filed for bankruptcy and all of the businesses related to the church collapsed. Tony's sentence for his crimes included six years in the federal penitentiary in Texarkana in September 1994. And in July 98, he was released to a halfway house and then released from that in December of the same year. So he got he spent like four years in there. When he was released, he quickly resumed his position at the head of his now much smaller church. Uh, the church had relocated headquarters to Falk in South Arkansas, but still had locations in Fort Smith and Los Angeles. And I read at this point he had about 100 members in his assembly at that time. So it shrank a lot from the thousands of members it was enjoying before his um, before his stint in federal prison. But even after being a convicted felon, he still preached and had radio shows that were heard in the U.S., Africa, Sri Lanka, and the Philippines. And he claimed that the charges against him were, quote, merely the machinations of Satan. Did I say that word right? Machinations? Yeah. Machinations. Okay. Machinations, machinations. That's kind of a potato potato right there. Cool. And his followers attracted controversy as they still continue to distribute his content, which was like VHS tapes, audio tapes pamphlets they were just like making it rain with that stuff 
So while mixed up in all of these money problems, other allegations were levied against him. And in March 98, 1988, I'm sorry, after abuse allegations came to light, police raided the Saugus compound in order to reunite three boys with their biological fathers. The men, their fathers had previously been followers, but had been excommunicated and their wives had remarried more loyal subjects of Tony's and relocated to California. So that's where the Saugus is. <clears throat> After Judge Miller Arnold found Tony guilty of the abuse charges, damages were awarded to the boy victims. And poor Tony told Judge Arnold that he and his followers had no assets and were basically just living hand to mouth. Nine million dollars. Oh, yeah. He also issued a death threat against Judge Arnold, uh, but he was later acquitted of that. So probably not the best thing to do. Probably makes things worse, really, Tony. And one of the dads had previously been in charge of Tony's trucking division and said that Tony had embezzled around 100000 just from that endeavor alone. In 1990, Tony didn't show up to court to answer for these charges and thus was ruled guilty by default. So he's just like racking up the charges, man. They, they tend to do this. What? These cult leaders. Oh, yeah. They think, they're, they, they think they do not have to follow the rules and that they are better because they are ordained by God. But... They're not because they're terrible people. See, if they were smart, they would just infiltrate the IRS and then make it to where they are tax exempt like they're Scientology. Ooh, that sounds like a sick burn. Operation Snow White. Look it up. Is that for real? That's a real thing. Oh, okay. I think I named it right. Okay. <laughs> You're about to look it up. I there. You know, sometimes you forget names of things. Do you? Because I don't. I do. Okay. All right. So we're going to kind of start winding things down. So we're again... That was all of his legalities, financial, uh, legal woes, and charges. So now we're going to head back. So th- there's like different branches. There's the Susan branch. There's the legal convictions with tax and things like that. And then there's this branch that we're going to talk about. So three really bad branches. I, I labeled this part of it, Tony's a total creep. So we're going back to 1982 following Susan's death. Tony started to do some real creepy things and he may have been doing some creepy things before this, but it just came to light after her death. So after Susan died, it was rumored that Tony took two quote wives who just happened to be 15 years old. So that's, that's rape. Let's just, that's not two wives. That's rape. He raped two 15 year old girls. It's it's very gross. Very. So then on June 23rd, 1984, Tony married Swedish native Birgitta Gillenhammer or Gillenhammer. I don't know. I was going to guess Gillenhammer, just like Gyllenhaal. I don't know. But yeah, I don't. So they married in Las Vegas, which is where he and Susan got married. Just remember that. But surprise, they got divorced two years later. And Brigitte claimed that Tony wanted her to get plastic surgery to look like Susan and that he regularly beat and drugged her. And in the midst of his marriage with Brigida, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette ran an expose that stated Brigida was actually his sixth wife and that he'd been married four times prior to Susan. And he was also married twice between 86 and 90. And that brought his grand total of marriages to eight. So real good guy. here. That's even worse than Pierce Hawthorne of the TV show community. We watched He, he was married seven times. Oh, okay, okay. So in 2007, the Tony Alamo Christian Ministries was listed as a hate group with the Southern Poverty Law Center, which we talked about with the Kehoe Gang episode. Um, So if you're in the same category as some of the things that the Kehoe Gang were associated with, you should probably probably just reflect on your life a little bit and, and, and think about things. So 
this they mainly um, classified the Tony Alamo Christian Ministries in this category because of their extreme anti-Catholic hate speech. Like, it was really bad. I looked at their website, because they're still a website, because it's technically still a thing. Uh, it looks like it was made in the 90s, first off. And second off, I didn't find it. They, it's like they kind of like, somebody's edited the site, and I didn't see too much about anti-Catholic hate stuff. That would uh, be surprising. That group I mentioned earlier, they uh, mm-hmm. I think they were called Children of God, and now they're called something like The Family International. The, it's The Family? I think the Family International. Oh, that's what they're called. I think that's what they're called. Okay. They they changed their name to something that sounds less weird yeah. and to distance themselves from their past of uh, being creepy pedophile yep. weirdos. Yep. I mean, they kind of try to do that, but it's like I'm still on to you. You didn't change. A rose is a rose. Okay. Then on September twentieth, two thousand eight, there was a state and federal raid on the Falk, Arkansas compound. And this was following a two-year investigation after allegations of child abuse and child pornography were brought up and against the ministry. And five days later, Alamo, Tony Alamo, was arrested in Flagstaff, Arizona, on a federal warrant for violating the MAN Act, M-A-N-N, MAN Act, which is a federal statute enacted to stop the trafficking of women and or girls across state lines. And Tony was found to have violated this act during a period of time from March 1994 to October 2005, which is disgusting. And at the end of the trial that included multiple women stating they had been sexually assaulted by Alamo, some even saying they had been forced to become one of his, quote, wives as young as eight years old. Tony was found guilty on July 24, 2009, on 10 counts of taking underage girls across state lines for sex. So let's just call a spade a spade. When you're taking underage girls anywhere for sex, it's rape. So he was rape. So he was charged with rape. Rape. Okay. Right. Let's just call it what it is. In November of that year, he was sentenced to 175 years in prison and fined $250,000. So in February 2014, a judge in what would be Arkansas's largest personal injury judgment awarded $525 million in actual and punitive damages to seven former members of Tony Alamo Christian Ministries. Uh, I know that they seized some of the property and auctioned it to help make up for those funds because Tony at this point was essentially penniless. Um, and three years later, May 2nd, 2017, Tony Alamo died in federal custody at a hospital in North Carolina. I could not find what his cause of death was, but he was fairly old at this point. So I mean, could be anything. The compound on which the empire grew is sitting in disrepair in Dyer, Arkansas, and it's only entered now on dares by local teens. It has been offered free of charge to the right charity. And the current owner said he would love to see it used as a foster home because there was so many children abused there. He wants to see it redone and made it as something great for it to, to help children out because it's a beautiful property. It's located on hundreds of acres and it's beautiful up in Northwest Arkansas. And he says it has about $500,000 of repair needed, but he says he, that building is free of charge to somebody who can fix it up because there, he said that there have been some charities that have said they can fix it up. He's let them in. And then the, the, the project you know went defunct or whatever so 
he said he just needs to know that they have funds right right up front and it's theirs and we won't charge him anything, which is really pretty awesome. He says it was, and it said when he bought the property that they hosted kind of like a a gathering for ex-members and especially people that were children there and to come and kind of, you know, find themselves and heal from a troubled past. And there was a combination of good and bad memories there. So, uh, not One of the previous members said she had good mem- memories of running around with children, building forts in the woods that were by it, swimming in the pool, uh, having a good time being with other kids. But then there was beating. They beat the children until they bled. So awful memories. And so I think it's awesome that he was saying it's free and he wants to see it a foster home for, for kids. Yeah. So, um, and just to say, just to say this, the current owner has never been affiliated or been a part of Tony Alamo Christian Ministries cult. And that's the disgusting story of Tony Alamo. So I just went to their website. Yes. I've got some stuff here. Tell me. First of all, the first, one of the first things that shows up, it says it's a video. It's called the Pope's secrets. (laughs) Don't know what's going on there. Well, you can kind of guess what the deal is. Yeah. Uh, Probably there's another one. Michael Jackson's and Tony Alamo secrets. (laughs) Maybe there's one that says Bill Clinton, the Pope and I, Evil international Roman Catholic government agents are claiming to be United States of America government agents. What is this? Um, let's see if there's... Uh, so yeah, Pope Secrets. Video of the Pope Secrets. Government subversion. The truth about Tony Alamo. Ugh. Let's see here. Uh, there's a link that says UFO literature. Oh my gosh. This um, is from the mind of a very mentally deranged person. Also, they have a whole photo gallery of like celebrities wearing jackets he wore. Like I saw Miley Cyrus, Alicia Keys, Burt Reynolds. Do you think they were actually theirs? Because at that point, I don't know. By the time Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton, yes, it said maybe it said that uh, a lot of country and western singers did don their apparel. But here's the thing: if the ministry is essentially defunct and that part of their part of their business is defunct, people like. Alicia Keys and and Miley Cyrus would be too too young for that. I don't know. One of them was like a who was it? One of them had like a jacket that was like a it was Barbie weird themed weird. Uh, let me see if I can figure out who that was again. Okay, Nicki Minaj wore that one. Oh, weird. Um, also, I found there's one of uh, a wrestler named the Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> He's like an Elvis ripoff. Oh God. And also, there's a picture of Tony Alamo just hanging out with Hulk Hogan. Weird. It's just like a picture of them shaking hands. So I don't, it's probably like just a photo op. Right, and, and Hogan right, yeah. Probably has no idea who that guy was. No, no, not at all. Especially these days, because I'm pretty sure his brain is full of CTE. <laughs> just, <laughs> just listening to Hogan talk these days. Oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah. Hey, I need to say, I need to state my sources because I use a lot of their content to make up the story. Uh, Encyclopedia of Arkansas had a lot of really good stuff. Um, ArkansasOnline.com. Um, that's where they talked about the the mansion, the compound, and the and and its state currently. Uh, New York Times ran an article whenever Tony Alamo passed away uh, about his life, and then Wikipedia had some really good stuff. So that was corroborated from other sources that I saw too. So there you go. You're still looking at the website, aren't you? I'm just uh, 
going through the photo album of people, I'm, a lot of these people I don't know who they are anymore. Oh, why? I just don't recognize them. Okay. It's just like people I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, here's one with uh, Don King, and he's hanging out with Donald Trump. Ew. Yeah. I mean, I have no political <laughs> Ted Nugent. We got Bono. My dad likes Ted Nugent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can see that yeah that sounds about right yeah lou gossett jr who's that willie nelson oh willie brooke shields brooke shields um let's see mr t there's a picture of mr t with tony alamo Weird. mike tyson uh sunny and mary bono bono sunny and cheer mm, no it's just sunny and it's not share. Oh, well, they did get divorced. Maybe it's his. Yeah. So, also, there's one with whoever the mayor of Las Vegas was at whenever this picture was taken. You. It literally just says Tony and Mayor of Vegas. <laughs> Doesn't even have his name. I want you to describe to everybody what Tony Alamo looks like. <clears throat> uh, he looks like he'd be a country music star based on what I'm looking at, or a, a country music star of like the 50s and 60s. Let's well, say that. <sighs> Like, not but like like flashier almost in some cases. Like Elvis flashier, right? With the hair and the clothes. Johnny Cash mixes with... No, uh, what's his name? Who did the Monday Night Football theme? Oh, you are asking the wrong person. Hank Williams meets Elvis. Oh my gosh. Maybe that's right. His hair is wild. And Susan looks like a Dolly Parton wannabe. I haven't seen any Susan in here. Okay, in, in this picture, honestly, he looks like a bootleg Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> This one with Hulk Hogan. Let me see. Like he kind of. Ew, gross. Like he looks like he could be, he's like cosplaying as Macho Man Randy Savage in that picture. It did look like that. Um, yeah. There's so also, anyway. They also have like a whole section in the website that's like the false accusers against Tony Alamo or something. <sighs> so annoying. But fortunately, nobody's ever looked at this site other than you and me. It's pretty wild. In it's the pretty last 20 years, probably. It's pretty. And somebody still keeps it up to date. I mean, it's still like an active quote ministry, but let's just, that's not what churches are supposed to be like. So let's. Put your phone away. No, I need to look for no. a second. Uh, okay. Now put it the other direction. It's closed. You don't trust me. I don't. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. So since you've decided to try and cheat, we're going to talk about a different thing first. <laughs> okay, what is it? Uh, we're going to talk about that case, the, uh, <gasps> yes. the stalking case with WWE star. Tell me. So there's a, there's a little bit more new information out. This is from, by the way, last week's episode. Yes. We talked about, who uh, was it? Sonia Deville. Yes. Uh, a stalker went to her house and she got away and he had a knife and zip ties and duct tape oh and gosh. pepper spray with oh, him. Oh gosh, that's so terrifying. Yeah. So it's actually, the way it went down in the original stories, like what little detail there was, essentially it was like her alarm went off, she saw somebody outside a window, Mm -hmm. got her friend who was staying with her, and they got out before anything happened. Right. That was the the version last week. Is that not the version? Um, It's similar, but we have more detail because we actually have like her statements. Because before it was just the police. Right. And in fact, the original newspaper statement was like, always referred to her as the homeowner and the guest yes it was like the homeowner and the guest and it was like the homeowner is daria baronado 
who happens to be this person in WWE, Sonya mm-hmm. Deville. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, they didn't have the name officially released because they had only talked to the police at this point. Gotcha. So essentially, the alarm goes off and she actually goes down to the patio to check the lock, which is where the alarm had gone off at. Oh. And that's when she sees the dude. Oh, God. Philip A. Thomas II. And she yells at him, like, what are you doing? What do you want? And she notices he's holding a knife <gasps> and pepper spray and starts walking to her. It's, is she outside? Uh, I don't think she ever stepped all the way outside, but she, he was on the patio. Oh, in the screen, like a screened-in patio. Yeah, like he had cut through the screen. Right, right. And um, she, so yeah, she yells at him and he starts walking towards her. And that's when she's like, Oh, he's not here to rob me. He's here to do something bad. Oh, my gosh. So she runs, and she goes to the room her friend is staying at. Her friend is another WWE star, actually. Her name is Mandy Rose. Uh Uh-huh. They used to be, like, roommates back when they first started out and stuff. Like, they're best buddies. Okay. And she gets Mandy Rose, and she's like, there's a guy here. We got to go. Wow. So Um, he, she, like, got into the house and was able to lock the door. Uh, no, like he followed her in. But ah! it's, a, it's a pretty big house. And apparently she sprinted real fast and he thought that she had gone upstairs when she had not, which gave, the, and she was watching on the security system. Whoa. And so that gave them just enough time that they were able to run out, get to the garage and drive out and call 911. Wow. And as you know, from last week, the police showed up and he was still there and he was just like, yeah, I was going to try and kidnap her and stuff. What the heck? That He is out of touch with reality too. Like something's wrong. Yes. So after she finds out what this guy's name is, she typed his name into her Instagram account <gasps> to look no. at messages. And he had sent her hundreds of messages dating back to March of 2019. And she wrote, the nature of the messages from this account were obsessive, suicidal, idolizing saying you are the only person i will ever love which oh, is really weird my god because she is a lesbian <laughs> and he seems to know that based on because uh, i looked at his twitter and there's a lot of like pro lgbt stuff her. but he can change her maybe like no. i don't know no. it's w- very no. strange no so it's like what dude that's really creepy you're, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree here for so <laughs> many reasons yeah and here's the other thing. She found another account that was sending her messages that had no profile picture, but it was written very similarly, but was also uh, disturbingly threatening, as she said. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the last message from that account was sent at like 12 something a.m. the night that he broke in. <gasps> what? And it said, look outside, baby, by your pool. I'm here. I'm going to kill that little B word you have inside with you. What? what and there's like an earlier message she found where he said that he had found her home address <gasps> how i mean she's a public figure i don't know that's true uh i'm so glad she had the security system yeah and there were other messages in there that threatened to like go after her friends and relatives including threatening to decapitate some of them oh my and gosh. like uh, use their names <gasps> and also like creepy stuff like it described sex acts it says oh and there was a message that included a photo of a, of a penis oh yeah gross. nobody wants that yeah get out of there 
Um, and apparently, so she never saw these messages to start with because she says she's um, she's a public figure right. with a social media following of almost a million. Right. So the messages the are messages, like turned off. Kind the of. messages go into a thing called the request folder, uh-huh. yes, which is just filled with thousands upon thousands of messages that she doesn't follow. Right. So she doesn't have to deal with that. But that's wow. uh, that's what happened there. I'm so glad that she is okay and that her friend is okay. Yeah, because that, I mean, because he, he, he intended, full, he wanted to kidnap Sonia Deville and apparently murder Mandy Rose there. Which is terrifying. I know, I think I think we talked about, I know I've talked about this, whenever the police came to my house in the middle of the night that one time, yeah. when I was house-sitting for my parents, and they kind of live out in the middle of nowhere, and it was terrifying, and everything was fine. There was nothing wrong, but I still felt unsafe in that house because... I had the overwhelming feeling. I heard a knock on the door in the middle of the night. I heard the doorbell ringing in the middle of the night. And it was just an overwhelming feeling of, I'm not okay. This is how I die. Like, somebody is coming here to kill me. And it wasn't. It was a police officer. Everything was fine. But that that, that sense of that feeling still lingered. And I did not feel safe at all for a long time. And everything was fine. (laughs) But it's still... So I can only imagine how she's feeling like and she had all the right security measures in place she did all the right things but i can only imagine how she's feeling and i hope she's okay and i hope her friend's okay yeah um i'm sure they were shaken up yeah um they they're supposed to be wrestling tonight as we record this i think they will because i think honestly sometimes what you want is to, you don't want to have to linger like, on stuff yeah. you want to get back get to back normal. out there yeah they were both on um smackdown friday promoting the match they so okay they seem okay they, they seem kind of okay they uh, the way they worded the promo, uh, Sonya's promo specifically, mm-hmm. she like, they gave like a very vague reference of like, it's been a rough week, Aww. but, and, which is also weird because she's the villain in this setup. <laughs> maybe they'll make her the good guy now. Uh, yeah, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be, a, uh, they'll be both be good guys now. Yeah. They're doing a hair versus hair match. What so. is, I don't know what that means. It means the loser gets their hair shaved off. For real or fake? For real. What? It's a it's a fairly common wrestling trope. For 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 the for her? Or for her, Not for as her. much for women, but it does happen. They did it does at she a WrestleMania. Long hair? They both have long hair, yes. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. Will they donate it? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think you can donate colored hair. Is her hair colored? Um I don't think I don't think Sonya's is. If it is, it's like naturally they colored. make it darker than it would be oh, okay know. okay also they wear a lot of extensions and that's the, true. these women that's true in the wrestling i saw one of them like came out during a match last night actually but yeah so. an extension yeah <laughs> that's funny but they yeah so i i assume they're still doing the match i don't know i'll watch later either today or tomorrow tell me how it goes i hope she's okay yeah anyway uh, so one case that I think that you and I need to talk about, uh, or that we have been talking about, then we need to talk about on here is that of, um, Sydney Sutherland. She was a nurse from Northeast Arkansas, um, in the Newport area, which is where the Cummins prison is, which we've talked about before. I can't remember for who, but, um, she went missing on Wednesday after she went for a jog and very sadly her body was found on Friday, um, they haven't released her. Her body was sent for an autopsy to the state crime lab. Uh, cause of death hasn't been released, but foul play is suspected. Uh, they did arrest somebody in connection with it. 
And they said he has confessed. And that is a 28 year old from Jonesboro named Quake Llewellyn. I'm sorry, from Newport named Quake Llewellyn. Uh, no criminal past from what I can tell. Uh, don't, can't confirm that for sure, but not from what I can tell. Uh, it was weird. Andrew sent me this article. Uh, he and his family were featured in, was it like 2016, 2017? Uh, three generations of farmers, which Northeast Arkansas is lots and lots and lots of farmland, flat farmland in the Delta area. Um, so lots of farming families. <clears throat> and he came from a three generations of family. It's just, you know, there was a strong presence on social media to help, you know, for, to help find Sydney. I'm glad <clears throat> that she was found, and I, but I am not glad for how she was found in the state she was found, um, that it couldn't have a better ending for her family. Um, somebody told me that her, or I read somewhere that unfortunately her, when the search for her, her boyfriend's parents were the ones that found her. I cannot confirm if that's true, but I did read an article that said that. Um, so it's just really sad, but I'm also very glad a lot of these cases that are just crimes of opportunity, unfortunately don't have a conclusion and they remain open. So I'm glad that they have the suspect in custody so quickly. Um, so I don't know if that was Newport police, Jonesboro police, uh, Grubbs, which or Tuckerman, which are small communities in that area. Whoever it was, I'm glad that they were able to catch him as quickly as they did and have him in custody. Um, and we, we can keep you guys updated on any new information we get about this. Uh, but just be thinking, wh- whether you pray or whatever, just be thinking about Sydney and her family um, in this time and Alex and his family in this time. Uh, be sending good thoughts their way. Uh, anyway, hate to bring it down, but just, just wanted to mention that. Especially, I feel especially connected because she was a nurse she was a young nurse 25 that's when I became an RN I was 25 was I 25 yes I was 25 so that's her life was just beginning and that's really really sad but anyway just want to mention that yeah it's uh it's always disappointing when it when that's the outcome I figure when they found they said they found her she went missing on Wednesday she didn't return from her she always took a run in that area she went avid exerciser and jogger she took a she always jogged in that area that she went missing from and um they found her cell phone in that area thursday and whenever they find a cell phone i feel like it doesn't usually have a good conclusion after that no probably not i don't know but again i mean honestly most time a person just goes missing it's yeah not there's no there's no conclusion at all like like there's no What's, what's the word I'm looking for? For families, there's no... Closure. Thank you. I'm having trouble with words today. <laughs> I'm struggling. Eh, it happens. Um, so there's no closure. So I'm at least, I mean, I guess, silver lining, there's some closure, but not in a good way, you know? Anyway, just wanted to mention that. All right. So now we can do... The worst part of my yeah, life. The Kaylin torture segment. Okay. Where Caitlin has to name, normally it's 10, we do 10 states, uh-huh. and she has to name the capital. Uh-huh. We've gotten to the point where she only has five left, so. See if I can get we're it. Gonna, if we can knock this one out. Okay. Otherwise, it's going to be really embarrassing to come back to this with yep. only like one, two or so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm ready. All right. We're going to kick this one off with Virginia. 
Richmond. There you go. You know what the, there's a college there, uh, Richmond University or University of Richmond, whichever one. Uh-huh. You want to know what their mascot is? Tell me. Spiders. Why? I don't know. Why would anybody do that? <laughs> Why would anybody would that, do that? Would that be your least favorite team ever? The I, Richmond I would, Spiders? I would never support them. <laughs> I would, I would probably attack the mascot with Raid. All right. If he wears a spider outfit. Does he, does he wear a spider uh, outfit? I'd, probably. What is their mascot's name? I don't know. You sh- why don't you know this? Because I don't know that much about the Richmond Spiders. They beat Arkansas State in the 90s at some point, well, I think. Thank- what? Wait, they beat Arkansas State? Yeah, we sucked real bad. Dang it, ASU. Come on. It was you either can- late 90s or very early 2000s. I think it would have been late 90s. That's really sad. Yeah, you know. Okay. We we lost to a lot of bad teams back then, well, like Nickel State. And what is Nickel State? It's a school in Louisiana somewhere. Okay. Don't you? <laughs> Nothing. What you doing there? Nothing. Okay, keep going. Go. I feel like you're ruining the integrity of Go, this. go, go. What is the capital of Washington? Olympia. Capital of West Virginia. Charleston? All right. Capital of Wisconsin. Oh my gosh. Go to the next one. Pass. Capital of Wyoming. Cheyenne. All right. So I know Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin. I know it. It's a it's a Wisconsin is also a name of people. Name of what? It's a the capital city is also a com a, fair, a fairly common name for people. Name for people? Yeah, like you know, there are people named Georgia. What? What are you trying to say? You know how some places are also the names of a person. Oh, like the name of a city or a state or yes, a place. Yes, sort of like Georgia is the name of a person. Oh, like I just said. Um. Or like other places. This is Wyoming. This is Wisconsin. Wisconsin. It is cheese. It's Munster. It's Swiss. No, cheddar. Is it cheddar? Is it cheddar? What are you doing? Why do you think it's cheese based? Because <laughs> it's Wisconsin. Yeah, but the, I don't think this is a type of cheese as far okay. as I know. Okay. Give me a clue. Wait. Hold on. This is so bad. <laughs> Madison. There you go. You know how I remember? No. The Madison Scouts. I don't know what that is. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Well. Done. Done we with the capitals. It. Get that garbage out of here. And then next week we're going to run through every single one and see how you do. I will fail. And also it would take a very long time. We'll see how you do. <laughs> no, we probably won't do that. Okay, good. Thank God. Um, so I guess, uh, what you, what you looking at, mm. unless you have something else to talk about. No, still watching through the office. It's just, it's getting to the good stuff. It's some good stuff. Um, also, I don't remember if I said I finished the silent wife. Yes, you did. Did I, did I say that? Yeah. No, cause I just finished it. Oh no, that's never mind. I was, I was thinking of a different one. That I was listening yeah. to it. Um, silent wife and it was it's a good title because that's how the wife should be etc we made that joke last week you made that joke i don't support it we as a team made that joke i did not okay silent wife um i 
predicted the ending uh, about a fourth of the way in. So, and I, Is that a bad thing? Or? Well, it was still a pretty good book. So it kind of kept me on my toes. But I predicted it. And I was like, I think it's this character. Because the way they were saying stuff and presented that character, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be like a big shock con- at the end. But I was like, man, I was hoping I'd be wrong. It'd be... Because, I mean, the way they were laying it out, it could only be that character. So... Yeah, it's always tough. You'd- it was a it was pretty good story though. I guess I don't know. I'm reading. Sorry, with my ears. I'm reading with my ears a new book that's not crime or mystery. It's called "The Things We Cannot Say" by Kelly Rimmer, and it's a World War II like drama book. And so far, it's really good. Like I'm gonna cry. I will likely be bawling by the end of it because it is World War II and it is in Poland. So. Eh. Oh, is this going to be about like the Warsaw Ghetto and stuff? Is they, it going to be Jews getting murdered constantly? It's not in Warsaw. This is the family that it focuses on and the girl, She she's Christian. She is not Jewish. She's Catholic. Um, but it is, you know, she, there's a lot of Jewish people in the community and the Polish people were just persecuted heavily anyway by the Germans, uh, by the Nazis. So And also by the Russians. By everybody. Really? Polish people? Yeah. Well, because like Hitler and Stalin had basically agreed to like gang up on them yeah they were gonna carve up poland together Ugh, so and awful. then they bought each other because hitler decided he didn't like russia either so. he's a jerk big old jerk yeah. so hot take uh hitler and stalin bad people bad if you ask me bad people bad people i said what i said that, uh, those are my hot takes <laughs> so i'm looking forward i i've already gotten a little emotional at some parts and i'm only maybe a quarter of the way into it so it's gonna be a doozy yeah um what i've been watching tell what me. i've been looking at tell me you're not gonna like it oh gosh it's a lot of the wrestling this week i did see so andrew and my boyfriend john are, are friends on on playstation whatever that is yeah i don't know psn about. okay that and every time john gets on andrew's on it's like always wrestling or sports <laughs> Usually it's been Skyrim lately. But yeah, there was Skyrim. Yeah, you were playing Skyrim one time. I mean, oh, you were playing Call of Duty today. Yeah, those are like my three I play lately. Because mm-hmm. like Skyrim Skyrim and WWE are great for I can watch YouTube at the mm-hmm. same time. Or listen to something. Yeah. yeah, and Call of Duty, I just listen to podcasts because I can't focus enough off of the screen to watch a YouTube. Yeah. But yeah, I've been, I've been watching a lot of the wrestling because... So normally there's two shows that air on Wednesday night. They air head-to-head. It's AEW Dynamite and NXT. This week, AEW was preempted because of the NBA playoffs. Yeah. So only NXT aired. And so I was like, I'll watch NXT for the first time in a while. What is And NXT? it was pretty good. It's a WWE's developmental group. Oh, okay. But it's also weird because it's like some of these people shouldn't be in developmental because they're actually like they've been around for a long time. It doesn't make sense. And so then... Um, uh, I'm listening. WWE, they've been doing shows out of their performance center, which is like where they do their training and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they finally moved into a real arena, mm-hmm. but it's still it barren. No, it's still no fans, but they have all these LED boards with like the f- people on like a Zoom call. So it's like fake fans. How funny. It's really weird, but it, it, I don't know. It's better than what they've been doing, I think. Yeah. I know a lot of people said they like, uh, who was it? NBA? doing some computer stuff yeah nba had that they they have a similar setup yeah sort of like that it's kind of similar to what wwe is doing oh, okay, okay. They're, they're calling it the thunderdome 
Okay. Which is fun. That is fun. And then Saturday, AEW had their show because they didn't air on Wednesday. They did it on Saturday instead. Okay. Which was pretty cool. Cool. Um, Mr. Brody Lee killed Cody Rhodes, I'm pretty sure, for the TNT title. This means nothing to you. He killed him? He ba- he may as well have. Oh, he won't come back? He's done? I <laughs> I mean, he'll probably come back in a few weeks. Oh, okay. But uh, he beat him up real good. Also... <laughs> Sorry, choked. Um, baseball. Somebody had a baseball game on, and it was really weird. Cause oh, they had like CGI fans? No, there was nothing. Nothing no. at all. It was empty. It was an empty stadium. I was like, well, that's got to be weird for the baseball players. Like, Unless they're Miami Marlins fans. What? Is that a sick burn? What? Yeah, that's pretty good. Ooh. If you're a Tampa Bay Rays player, it's the same thing as always. Ouch. Yeah. I wouldn't. I can't. I can neither confirm just nor deny Just scorching this. hot takes here. Just... <laughs> Andrew just is setting fire to him full of it tonight but yeah so and also i watched nxt takeover 30 which is also on saturday cool pat mcafee was there is he irish because that sounds uh, like a very irish name he's famous for being a punter and a guy who talks patrick mcafee yeah he's he's pretty good trey knows who's that who who that is trey is andrew who that who that who that, who that is who that is who he is anyway. also I need you to know something I learned this week. I won't talk about it too much because it's very explicit and very not appropriate. There's a song out right now. Is it the WAP one? WAP. Yeah. Yeah. I read the I didn't even listen to the song. I just read the lyrics. It's wild. Wild, I tell you. Yeah, I only heard about it because um, people are making fun of Ben Shapiro because he was mad about it. Why? Who's Ben Shapiro? He's a... Weird conservative uh, political guy. Well, he, he he has like a weird voice, um, and he usually says really dumb things. Were you just trying to imitate? It I was thinking second? about it. Yeah, Kermit the Frog here. So Jordan Peterson would be more of a Kermit the Frog. You maybe don't know, don't know who that is either. But nope. He's another weird conservative guy. Kay. But yeah, Ben Shapiro. Yeah, he, he. Anyway, he's no. I mostly know him when I ever think of him. I think of the time he was talking about global warming and how it's it's trash. But also the best part was when he was like, if, who, who's to say if uh, global warming, if, if, if water rises, let's say 10 feet, who's to say those, those people aren't going to just sell their homes. And then there's like a clip of a guy just be like, sell their homes to who, Ben? Effing Aquaman. <laughs> he's like Australian. So he says, he says it, Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I usually think of with Ben Shapiro. Uh, that's pretty funny. But, uh, Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I watched a lot of wrestling, cool. which I haven't watched a whole lot lately. It was my dad's birthday, and we shot guns today, just just at Target's, and I think I have a blister on my finger from it. I'm glad you didn't shoot them at people. Yeah, no, no way. Uh-uh. No way. Unless you call people Target's. No, <laughs> never. How dare you? Anyway, I think that's about it. Yeah, that's all I got. All right, it's all I got. Guys, thanks so much for sticking with us, tuning in again. Uh... You can find us on Facebook at Paint the Town Dead. You can find us on on Instagram at Paint the Town Dead, all one word. You can find us on Twitter at PTTDPod. And, of course, you can find email us at PTTDPod at gmail.com. We drop episodes every Tuesday. Please be sure to like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, anything, uh, any in- 
activity and interactions you have with us or our posts or subscribing or commenting that helps our ratings uh, and we really really appreciate everybody who's who's helped out there um yeah what else that's it okay guys again thank you so so much for tuning back in and we will see you next tuesday with another episode of paint the town dead goodbye don't join a cult <laughs>